This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 287. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Color Pencil Podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. Hey there, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com. I'm so glad you're listening today. This is the weekly Color Pencil Podcast show. And, yeah, you know, I talked about, I teased this for a few shows that I was going to have some special announcements for those of you who listen to the podcast faithfully and you watch the feed. And I did that. Um, if you missed out, I did that last week. So it was there for a little while. It was a special announcement. Now I'm going to come out with a special announcement number two. And if you're thinking, where, where is all this? I, I'm not seeing that. It's not on the podcast show notes page, but it is in the podcast feed. So traditional podcasts, uh, what you would do is you would actually, and I, I used to do this, believe it or not, Barb, I would go to my RSS feed and I would download audio shows, MP3 files to my podcast player. <laughs> and then I would, and it was not, a, it was not an iPod. And then I would take that thing and I would listen to those podcasts on that player. Um, that was, it was a dumb player. It was not connected to Wi-Fi or a cellular or anything like that. And I would listen to it. It was an audio player. And, um, and then I got another one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I got, I got one from Audible way back when. Uh, I just thought it was the coolest thing. And it was like this private little, you know, community that of these people that were doing podcasts. You know, this is like 2002, three, four, something like that. Anyway, that seems like not that long ago, but that was ages ago in the internet. Right. <laughs> So yeah, but my point is, is I've got some special announcements. So I'll have more coming up. So if you're listening to the podcast through a podcast player on a tablet or a smartphone, then you'll be able to uh, get those uh, announcements. And I got a special message in there for you. Okay, this is the Sharpened Artist Color Pencil Podcast. And I want to welcome back to the show today, Barb Sodiropoulos. She is joining me to co-host this particular show. And this is exciting, Barb. We're going to be talking about pricing uh, and taking commissions. It's a hot topic. It is. It really is. So this is something that, you know, if you're starting out in art and it's a hobby, then often what will happen is you'll share your art with family and friends or you'll post it online somewhere. They'll see that and they'll maybe get all excited about what you're able to do. And they'll be like, Oh, cool. Can you draw my dog or can you draw my child or my grandparent or something uh, or my bowl of fruit, whatever. <laughs> and uh, as soon as they do that, what, what happens? Well, I think some of the things that happen is we, we fall head over heels um, and uh, just get so enamored by the idea of doing this that we don't stop and think about what it means. So we're going to go through some things here. But first, I think we'll start with the differences between the fine art world and uh, that of uh, commercial art and illustration. So Barb knows a lot more about that than I do. So Barb, what are some of those differences? Um, well, I think the the biggest difference right off the bat that I can 
think of is just the fact that when it comes to the the fine art world and pricing, there's really no um, industry standard to start at. So for example, you know, what I charge versus what you charge versus what, you know, somebody else charges would be completely different. And there's no real starting point for an artist to kind of, um, you know, baseline their work at, like, I, obviously there, there are multiple different ways that you can, um, learn like methods to price your art. So there's different formulas that you can use. And there's definitely a lot of information out there in terms of like, you know, which ones you can use to, to price your art and and determine that for yourself. But it's complicated because as much as there are people giving that advice at the same time, there's a whole section of advice that kind of, I think sometimes gets left out of that conversation and that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about today is just the idea that it's like, okay, well, great. It, 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 it's great that, you know, you can use this formula and, and, and divide yeah. this by this, whatever times this and, and you right. get your amount. But, um, you know, that, that can be really uncomfortable for someone who's really brand new to art. Um, there's a lot of factors, like even just understanding your, um, your demographic understanding, yeah. um, you know, just even in your area, like what, yeah. what people are willing to pay for art, it's, right, it's, right. it can get really, really complicated. And so by comparison in the graphic art world, there is, and I talked about this a little bit on the, uh, the episode that we did on licensing is mm-hmm. that there is there's sort of an industry standard at which people can kind of stop at. So there's a book that actually says, okay, so if you are doing a commercial illustration for a um, newspaper or a magazine or for packaging, there's kind of a baseline that you can start at price-wise or what typically people would price at as a graphic artist or whatever to, to you know, start their pricing at or what is typically right. charged for. And of course, there's variations in that depending on your experience and other factors, but there's nothing that exists like that for art because and and again there's there's different ratios and formulas to price your art and so it can be really confusing as you know an inexperienced artist or somebody who's just starting to get into taking commissions to even know what you're supposed to charge someone like yeah, yeah you can use a formula but like again you know there's there's always that factor in there like okay well times it by your artist ratio for example well what, how do you determine <laughs> your artist ratio like yeah. where what's the scale for that like it's going to be different for everyone and right that gets really, really complicated. Yeah. Now, uh, that show was number 279, Licensing Your Artwork. And it was actually a call-in uh, from uh, one of the listeners of the show. So go back and check that out if you haven't been able to to uh, look at that yet. But we do talk about um, licensing, but we do hit on this as well. And and these th- this topic is very closely related to what we talked about there. There there are considerations that would warrant that you're able to charge more than maybe a different artist starting out. And some of those would be if you have gallery representation, uh, if you uh, have a long, long resume, if you've, uh, you know, won a lot of awards and things like that, you know, there are factors that you could say, okay, this because of this, then maybe with a little more credibility, then I could charge more than when I started out. Or if you want to compare to some other artist that's starting out and is uh, not, you know, at that same level in as far as credibility is concerned. So that that is one thing. But pricing your artwork is such a psychological game. There, it, it's. You know, 
I remember somebody saying uh, that the difference in a um, uh, a one hundred thousand dollar business and a million dollar business is just a a comma, a couple of commas, you know, um, you're in the two comma area if you're talking about a million, right? So there, it's just commas, more zeros, right? That's the only difference sometimes in certain things. Now, obviously, you know, that's, um, that's sort of tongue in cheek. I mean, there's obviously a lot more to consider there. But what about, you know, let's, let's stretch that for a moment, though, and think about it like this. What about uh, the difference in a $200 piece and a $400 piece, depending on the piece, I guess, you know, but I would argue that it's uh, just the price. Probably you could, my point is this, there is such a wide range. And what happens is in our own mind, we are deciding what our worth is. And if you're, if you're not going to be confident in your pricing, then it doesn't matter you know, what, what you price at, um, you've got to believe in that price. You've got to say, this is my price. This is what I charge. And you've got to you, you believe that. You've got to believe that this is the value that I'm providing. Why? Because if you don't, that is, you're going to reek of lack of confidence, you know, all over you if uh, you don't really believe in your price. And I'll be the first to admit, it scares me when I increase my price. Uh, it makes me feel uncomfortable inside sometimes. And so I have to figure out, okay, is this uh, something that is legitimate or is it because I'm just afraid of raising my price? So Knowing what your worth is and what to charge is very closely related to confidence. Because the yeah. thing is, if you say to somebody, okay, yeah. uh, you know, a, a eight by 10 portrait's going to cost you $600, for example. Right. If you don't commit to that being the price and, and in your own mind, know why you're charging that much, right. whether it be because of your time or the materials involved or whatever it is that you've, you've sort of justified down for the repricing, right. um, you know, you have to be confident about that because otherwise, as soon as somebody sort of questions you on it, if you yeah. kind of crack and start offering discounts or, yeah. you know, offer them a different price, like they're going to know that, oh, okay, well, I can barter with you. And the thing yeah. is like, barter, art isn't something you should be able to barter. <laughs> like, it's right, not, right. like, this isn't a beach in Mexico. You're not. Like, yeah. yeah. No one's going to starve here, you know, if they don't get your well, art. Yeah. I mean, the thing is like art is, um, you know, a luxury item is what it, it is. comes down to. It's not, it you know, it's, it's the same as to some extent, somebody buying a piece of jewelry or something, you know, people don't, people don't need art. It's not of uh, you know, we hear this word yeah. a lot now, but it's like, it's not an essential service. Right. Right. You know? it, no. And that really is the way to think about it. I think, because I don't, you know, there was once upon a time, I felt a little bad when, I raised my prices from nothing to next to nothing. And when I did that, I raised them a little bit when I was first starting. This was probably 10 years ago, maybe a little longer. And um, I was doing graphite. And my mother-in-law, just like she would, she got me commissions. Uh, I don't know how she did that. It was probably embarrassing. It's probably like my, my son-in-law is <laughs> the best the artist street. ever. You know? <laughs> probably. But anyway. My son-in-law. She, she was one of the, yeah. Yeah, she was like one, my biggest cheerleader. But anyway, um, 
So Shout out happened, to all the mother-in-laws out there. <laughs> but what happened was, uh, if I so I increased my price, and then um, you know I felt I I felt something about that. There was a sort of this visceral response, this kind of a gut kind of feeling about that. But I remember um, a couple of well, probably more than twice. Um, you know, somebody saying, oh, that's that's too much. Oh, I can't afford that. And I remember actually feeling bad about that. I didn't discount it or anything because of that, but I felt like it. I wanted to. But what happens when you do that also, when you discount something or when you go ahead and feel bad, whenever uh, somebody, you know, gives you a, a little bit of uh, pushback on that, is it also signals something to your own mind and says, yeah, it, it, this isn't, this isn't what, you know, this is not what, uh, I should be charging. This is, you're, you're wrong. You made the wrong assessment and things like that. And, um, you know, it doesn't ever lead to anything good internally within yourself and what you're thinking about what you're doing. On the other hand, if you just say, no, I'm sorry, you know, those are my prices. After a while, you know, I got kind of used to that, um, you know, just once in a while hearing, you know, that, oh, okay, I can't afford that or that's not worth it. There's no difference in somebody saying, I can't afford it and I don't want to pay that price and you're not worth it or whatever. <laughs> no one ever said that. They may have been thinking that, but it, but that doesn't matter what their, what their reaction is. Uh, and I even had one, I remember in particular, not that anyone cares. I guess I'll go ahead and say it though since I started, but she was talking about how, oh, I want you to do my grandchildren and I want you to do aunts and uncles. And I thought already, I thought, okay, she's not going to have me do anything. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. you know, yeah. And so then she goes, what do you charge? And I told her, and then she's like, oh, can we get like, cause she is like a distant, distant relative. And she was like, can we do like a friends and family discount or anything? I did not feel bad at all about saying no. And I said, no, sorry, don't do that. I remember not, I had no emotional problem at all. I never do. When anyone ever asks, I think Barbara, you and I talked about this, mostly it is ghost on you. But if they ever say anything back, I don't feel bad. Because like I said, you're not, you're not taking food off their table. This is a luxury item. And if they don't want it for that price, that's fine. And I can, you uh, should not feel bad either. No, totally. And I can almost immediately tell from the beginning of a conversation now, whether it's actually going to result in a commission or not, Right. <laughs> because yeah. I feel like, you know, it's, it's one of those things signs. where, <laughs> yeah, for sure there are. And I think it, art is one of those things where if somebody really is passionate about the work you do and yeah. they really want a piece of your artwork, they will find a way to afford it. Right, right. Whether it's, you know, paying you in installments or right. however it is that you structure your commission process. But, and I've done that on occasion where I've, I've allowed somebody, yeah. uh, you know, my, my, my rule of thumb now is to take 50% up front that is non-refundable. Yeah. Yeah. And that for, for one thing that gets people to seriously commit because when they right. know that they're paying half that amount and they're not going to get it back. <laughs> They get some skin it, in the game at that point. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. And, and I think that's an important thing to do. I never used to do it. And I have, I've been very lucky that I haven't had a lot of issues, but I would say that if you're brand new at this, or if you've been doing it for a long time, it's definitely something you should consider 
implementing yep. as part of your practice um, yes. with commissions, just because I think it really does weed out people who are serious about it and people right. who aren't. Um, I mean, you can put in a contingency in there that if for whatever reason they need to cancel the project before it's even started, if they're pre-booking or something, you can give them still a a percentage back or most of it back, depending on how you want to do that. But, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I look at it too, like if you were to go to a store and buy a sweater, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say I'll pay you the rest later like you have to pay for your, <laughs> like you know the fact that you're even saying okay you only have to give me 50% is kind of giving them a deal and from my perspective to it begin is. with because there's no other there's no other place where you would go to purchase something where you wouldn't have to just pay for it right up front so exactly now totally. I will say this I think there's a world of difference between someone asking for a discount and someone asking for payments Yes. It's totally different. They're yeah. they're not saying they don't want to pay it. They're just saying, can I do it in installments yeah. or payments? Yeah. And that to me, that's totally fine. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I mean, but you when do that someone with a car, starts asking right? for it's discounts, <laughs> what's that? Well, you do it with a car, for example, right? Yeah, like yeah, well, well, a large a lot of amount of with money your, with your home or whatever. Yeah. But if somebody starts asking for discounts, that's the equivalent of I don't know. Just that's the equivalent of someone going up and saying, "Hey, you want to go have lunch with me? Sure. Where are we go? We're going to Walmart uh, Supercenter. They they do samples today. You know. What I mean, it's like you you are a bottom feeder looking for scraps, and you know that I, may sound really harsh, but you're not an art buyer. You know, you're I not feel like an art too, buyer. Yeah, totally. And I feel like too, there's a difference between me offering someone a discount versus yeah. them asking for one. Like right, I right. will, I will typically offer people who commission from me somewhat regularly or have commissioned from me multiple Another times. Exception. I will, I will, uh, yeah, yeah, I will offer them usually a little bit of a discount, just a repeat customer yes. discount. However, like I always, and I mentioned this in in the uh, licensing episode, I always make sure that I list what the full price would have been and then line list their discount amount so that there's still an understanding of uh, what the the total value of it actually is. And I think it's really important to do that. And, you know, if you're trying to figure out pricing with your art and and what you want to price something at, really sit down and think about the justification behind it so that if somebody does question you, you can you can come back at them with something um, uh, solid instead of just yeah. like well I don't know that's just what I charge like you know what <laughs> like because that's kind of flimsy but you know for for you know the way that I justify things is I will say okay well there's administration costs this is to do with mm-hmm. me doing concepts for you you know for a lot of my commissions what I'll do depending on what they're asking for, if I'm doing a commission that's based completely on like recreating a photo, there's not a lot of guesswork in there, but if they've given me some sort of like creative license, I'll usually come back to them with three options um, that I've Photoshopped of like potential things. Like if we're changing out a background or something, I'll give them three options of a different background. And then we talk about which one they want to use or whatever decide ahead of time like yeah. why why you're charging a certain amount like again for yeah. me there's a lot of concepting and, and pre-work going in there's the administration part there's any materials that i'm using like those those costs all go into that 50 percent deposit and then there's i mean here's the thing when it comes to art you're likely never going to get your time back Right. In terms of what, like, if I was to charge per hour what it right. took for me to do a drawing, I don't know that anyone would want to pay that price. Like, right. Right. Yeah. But like, yeah. we're talking like thousands of dollars if you right. equate 
uh, like a, an hourly wage to what you're doing. Right. So, right. um, there are some it, people that charge that way, but that, yeah. that's, yeah. But again, that comes back to where the disparity is in the fine art yeah. world, where some people are charging that and some people are charging by, you know, square inch or whatever. Right, right. And, and it's really, really hard because, okay. And then the, another factor that's a really big um, issue now is then you have places like Etsy where you can only, if from my experience, you can only charge so much for things on Etsy for people to actually buy them. So there'll be people on there. There are a lot of them are illustrators and they'll do say dog portraits and they'll uh -huh. do them for a certain amount of money for a certain size. Okay. And it's usually all under a hundred dollars. So yeah, yeah. if you think about it now, like trying to do a portrait for under a hundred dollars, you're not they, getting your time back. Like, I don't know how they could sustain a business. You're doing losing that money. That's their well, business. Yeah. So what happens is like generally in those cases, what's happening is they're getting quantity, right? Cause people see that and they're like, Oh, I actually had somebody um, contact me once and they wanted me to do a portrait of their friend's dog who had passed away. Which and she'd actually the same breed. Is that what they're yeah, yeah. Well, so, so she actually um, had referenced an artist on Etsy and had shown me like, she's like, Oh, can you do something in this style? Mm. So that's a whole other question or conversation. Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say just about people asking you to do things in styles that aren't yours, but anyway, <laughs> so, so I, I had just said, okay, like I can probably do something similar, but like, here's a link to my website. These are like my, my starting prices. And then I right. just like, didn't hear from her again. And that's an example of like the ghosting that you get. Yeah. And, and it's usually because, you know, I, I went and checked out this example of that she had sent me. And I think the person was again, doing these portraits for under a hundred dollars. And I'm sitting thinking like, I can't give you what I do for under a hundred dollars as an original, like it, I, I, don't, I, I don't know how that, that I don't, right? I don't so, understand that at all. I can't, I can't even conceive of that ever well, being so anything that is sustainable. Maybe it's just a hobby, but I don't know. I don't know well, why anyone would right. want to do that. Totally. So the person that they were referencing, the artist on Etsy, they were doing watercolor portraits. So what mm, I imagine is probably for quick. them, they're quick, right? Okay. They, and maybe they, they live in the Philippines, you know, because who knows? the, um, you know, the cost of living is sometimes a lot lower in different parts of the world. So that could be possible, you know? Yeah. So, so that's, and then again, those are all things you need to factor in when you're doing right. the pricing, right? So, uh, and I think it's, it's, it's one of those things where I was like, okay, well, that's great. But like I, in my head, I was like, was she expecting me to come back with less of a price than that? Or yeah. like, kind of makes cause I imagine she probably went to my website and was like, oh my God, I'm not whatever. But yeah. which, which again comes into that factor of where you start to sort of feel bad, where you're like, well, am I pricing too much? Like why? Yeah. yeah like, and I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I think, you know, to your point, you have to, you have to stop in and sort of look at where you're at. And, and I think it's harder when yeah. you're um, more of an amateur artist or just starting right, doing right. commissions. Like you, you don't have as much of that confidence, but you don't. I feel like I've gotten to that point where I'm like, these are my prices. If yeah. you want to pay them, great. If you don't, That's I great. will continue to go on. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Life goes on. That's exactly right. And so let's enter into another part of this, Barb, uh, just to, just to kind of bring that full circle a little bit. Let's say somebody does say yes, you know, and you've done what Barb suggested. You've already done your research. You know why you can justify the pricing. Okay. Let's go a step uh, beyond that now. And let's say that 
um, you know, you're you're closing the deal. You know, strike while it's hot, while the iron is hot. For one thing, you do it right away. If somebody is slightly interested, then don't say, "Yeah, I'll get back with you in a month on that." You know, do it right then. Uh, go ahead and have the conversation as soon as possible. The other thing is, I just want to make sure I said this: that when you when you finalize that transaction and you send over the agreement form and you you get you get some uh, some buy-in from them on exactly what this is, process is going to look like, then don't fall all over yourself and thank them. Congratulate them. You might say thank you, but congratulate them on their purchase and then congratulate them again when you deliver their purchase, they purchased a fine art original from you. Don't follow all over yourself and say, oh, thank you so much for this opportunity. I, you won't regret it. This is, this is so wonderful. Um, thanks for this chance. You know, Don't say any of that. Have confidence and just say, hey, congratulations on this purchase. Uh, thank you so much. And blah, blah, blah. You can say thank you. I, I just, I don't like that word thank you too much because it, it puts you in a position of weakness a lot of times. And there's certain times, it sounds like I don't know how to say thank you. Uh, my mom taught me how to say thank you. <laughs> but you in, sure? this, in, <laughs> in this situation, you don't fall all over yourself thanking them uh, for that. It's an exchange of value. They've decided that them holding on to their money is less valuable than them exchanging that for the purchase of this, this good. And so you congratulate them on that judgment call. And you're saying that was a proper choice. You're confirming their choice and you're making them feel good about what they've already decided in their mind. And there's just a, a whole lot of psychological things that go along with that. So I just want to make sure that, that I said that part of it. Um, and that's just something that I see people do from time to time. Let's talk think, more about, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, I think I think that's one thing that I notice a lot about um, a lot of artists just, you know, when I see between the Facebook groups and whatever is yeah. just that, um, you know, people people allow themselves to be bullied. They allow themselves right. to sort of be taken advantage of. And, and part of that comes from, you know, maybe it's a lack of confidence, but I, I feel like the people that are willing to take advantage of you almost know that. They can almost... Yeah see that or and and they'll often say things like oh um you know I'll, I'll i'll tell all my friends about you or i'll give you a lot of exposure like yeah. right now i'm gonna say do not ever create artwork in exchange for exposure like no. it right. i i think you know there there's there's a time and a place where that is relevant like if you get an opportunity again and and you know this is a little bit of a a, a revision of of where they're at in terms of like time and that sort of thing. Right. Or, but uh, uh, I, I feel like it's really important to, to not do things in exchange for exposure because it's exactly. people often will say that. I mean, you, you wouldn't, you know, take your car to a mechanic and, and ask them to fix it for free and that you'll tell all your I'll friends. I'll tell all my friends. Yeah. Like, you're just, a great it, mechanic. Yeah. There's just so much like, as far as I'm concerned, disrespect towards artists when it comes to that sort of thing. And, and it's often people who are amateurs that end up getting taken advantage of. And, right. you know, it's like, you know, they don't Absolutely. know what to price and they don't like, 
you know, it's, I think the answer that is the best thing to say to someone, even if you're having a little bit of anxiety, somebody approaches you and they're like, Hey, I would like to commission you for an art portrait. Like how much do you charge? Um, I would just say like, and especially if it's your first one, your first time being approached by it, I would just say like, Oh, well, I need a little bit more information and Mm -hmm. I can, I can get back to you on that. And then, you know, you can, you can reach out to someone either that you're close with who's an artist and they can help you work through that. Or if you haven't already, you know, figured that out, but I I would do my best to never show like what you're saying is any kind of weakness in front of them. Because as soon as they know that you don't know, it's an opportunity for them to take advantage of you. Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, that does fall into that whole category of being bullied and allowing, so no one can ever walk on you unless you allow them to walk on you. No one will ever take advantage of you unless you give them permission to take advantage of you. Right. I feel like somebody probably said that somewhere that may be a book or something. I don't don't know. Probably a book (laughs) title, but anyway, but, but it's so true in art and I can't, no amount of exposure is going to help it, whatever it is in your mind right now that you may be thinking, oh, well, yeah, that will help this, uh, or this will help me in this way, or this will get me to this level, or to be able to do whatever that is in your mind. I feel like we're preaching to the choir, though, Barb. I don't feel <laughs> like there's probably anyone in our audience, maybe a few, that would even think this, but. It could, it can happen. And I probably had some thoughts similar to this when I started out, but I quickly learned that, you know, that, that just, that's not worth it. And that was a disrespectful thing to try to get me to do something for free in exchange for something, whatever that is, exposure uh, or get in front of someone else or for them to, you know, do this quasi marketing thing where they're going to tell everyone about you. Um, it just, it, it just never, it never does work. On the other hand, I want to reinforce what Barb did say, because I totally agree with that. Giving a discount to a repeat client is a totally different thing. That's more like a loyalty program kind of thing. And that's, that's a whole different ballpark. This, what, what they're trying to do whenever, whenever they're asking you for a discount or when they are, secondly, telling you they'll give you exposure when you give them something free, this is the equivalent of the guy that comes up there and wants to talk you down in your yard sale when you've got a, a nice uh, grass trimmer sitting there, you know, for $300 and he wants to talk you down to 50 or something. That's what that is. So don't, don't be fooled by that. <laughs> There's a comedian, I, I forget who it is now, but he was talking about having a yard sale. Like, <laughs> oh, actually, I think it's, I think it's Sebastian Maniscalco. He talks about how they used to do uh, like his, his, um, they would do garage sales when he was a kid. And like the guy yeah. would come up and it would be something for like, like 50 cents. And the guy would try to talk him down to 10. Dime. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's 50, it's 50 cents. And then, right. And then this is not going to break you. He was talking about after, I think it was something like a stuffed animal or something where his dad was like, okay, you're going to like separate the body from the head and you're going to throw the body out separately and the head on a different day so that somebody can't come in the garbage and try. Anyways, it was really, really funny. That was but, too funny. You know, that's yeah, what, I, I'm just done with it, with yard sales. You, yeah. you, I, they're just not worth it. They're just really yeah. hard. I'd rather that's just take it. it to Goodwill, you know. And totally. Just, totally. Um, and the thing is like, and I think what exactly what you were saying um, there was the fact that 
um, anytime somebody's trying to do that, they're trying to devalue your work. Yeah. And, yeah. Exactly. and the thing is like, if you allow them to do that, then, then that's not good. But the thing is like, yeah. you have, um, no matter where you're at in your skill level or whatever, you are, you are still creating something by hand that is an original. Yeah. Right. And, and there's a lot of, um, I, I would, I would chop it up to like maybe a lack of, of knowledge when it comes to art and that sort of thing. And, and unfortunately, you know, art in, in itself is a little bit complicated because then you'll see something that's like a, a dot on a canvas and it sells for a million dollars and, and, you know, right, right. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, why is that a million dollars? But I'm charging 400 and I, and it's like a realistic portrait. And for some reason that's too much. <laughs> like, it's, but then, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so, it's a little unfair comparison because that, yeah. that is, but I get, I get your point. No, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think, yeah. the higher think, art market though is totally just a, it's a different game. It's an investment game is what's that? Totally. Is. totally. Yeah, but yeah. The, my point is that there's so much uh, inconsistency between what, oh, yeah. what is what art is priced at and what is considered, you know, high art and what's considered whatever. Like, oh, that, yeah, yeah. The it, point's it, well it, taken. Yeah. That's exactly confusing right. for artists, never mind consumers. Right. So, um, it can be, I mean, the thing is you don't want to underprice your art, but then how do you know you're underpricing your art? How do you know you're overpricing your art? Like, yes, they're, you know, tough. you, yeah, you could say, okay, well, if people are consistently telling you your prices are too high, but I would also argue that sometimes you're also maybe not really dealing with who your, your proper demographic for your art is as well. Right. Like if you're not your clients and if your buddies are always telling you that your art costs too much, well, there are probably also the same people expecting a discount. So it's right, right, right. You know, you have to kind of take all of that with a grain of salt too. And, what is and that's that saying? I, and I love that. I, I, I just totally interrupted you. Sorry. Oh, but, <laughs> but you made me think about that um, because you're right. Your buddies and your friends and family and all that, sometimes they don't get it. Uh, and they really don't because they're too close to you. Yeah. Uh, a prophet in their own. Um, what is that saying? It's a, I think it's a Bible quote. Um, a prophet is without honor only in his own town or something like that. I can't remember now. Your family, some of your family will never get it. They won't. And they'll, they'll, they'll think you're being silly uh, and that you, you know, quit your IT job, even though, you know, you were laid off from your IT job, you didn't quit and you're doing art full time now and teaching art. (laughs) I'm making this a personal thing. No, no one's ever said yeah, that to me. So but and your name happens to be John, and it's like the weirdest. <laughs> your name happens to be John. You worked at Macy's Corporate Services. No, no but so the, <laughs> but the thing is, um, <laughs> no, I'm so glad that happened to me. By the way, but um, but anyway, the point is that they're they're never going to get it, and that that to Barb's point, that's not your target market. Those are not your clients. There's somebody out there that appreciates your artwork, the way you do your artwork right now, not in someone else's style, but your style and what you're doing right now. And if people are asking you do this or that, or do back backflips or get exposure, then you just haven't found your clients yet. That's all. Yeah, you're and doing I think your um, thing though. Yeah, I think it's really, uh, you know, another point to that is that you don't have to take commissions. You don't like, that's not something that you're required to do as an artist. If you feel, you know, 
there are people that used to take them and don't anymore, or, you know, people will go I'm through falling phases. into that category. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a long time since I've done part one. of that too is, is just establishing, um, how, like how you want to take commissions, like for example, like yeah. setting some really, really strong creative boundaries. So right. for me, for example, I like taking commissions where either they're asking me to straight up recreate a photo or they're giving me complete creative control, like yeah. one or the other. It's really black and white, but like, you know, I don't want to take commissions anymore where people are asking me to try and do it in a style that's not mine or, right. you know, uh, any, any, anything like that or something where they want a lot of creative input. Like, I feel like yeah. that's also yeah. where you do a lot of preliminary conversations with them. Right, where you get right. all that stuff figured out because I mean, as everyone knows with colored pencil, as colored pencil, especially um, there, you cannot, uh, <laughs> you can't fix things very easily. Right, so right. you get too far along in the process and they don't like something. Right. It's going to, you can't, you either have to start over or it's going to be really hard to fix that. So you can't really, and I actually state that in my um, initial contract with people just mm -hmm. saying like, Hey, you need to approve this in certain stages because the right. nature of the medium that I work in is not very reversible. Paint is different. You can paint over paint, however, till the day is long. Right. 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 But pencil is not the same. And so, no, you no. know, depending on the timeline, you have to work on the project. Like you just have to, you have to be able to set that, that boundary. And, and I mean, right. really at the end of the day, if you're new into your career and somebody approaches you and somebody wants a commission and you're not comfortable with that situation, you don't, you can say no, like you, yeah. it's not, like you're never going to get a commission again, just because you say no. And sometimes saying no is actually probably the best thing you can do for yourself. And exactly. there's going to be opportunities. Like, I feel like sometimes artists get in this mindset where there's like almost this desperation, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Where oh, I have to take every opportunity that's given to me. And it's like, you don't, you can, you can very, very clearly, um, you know, even early into your um, career, say no right. to people. If you feel like, I, I like to think most people have a very good sense of like intuition. And mm -hmm. if you feel like somebody is giving you the runaround or is going to be difficult, right, you, right. Can say, you can say no. Like, right. it's okay to say no. Yeah, like, absolutely. You I've been there though. And I, there were, there were some times that I felt like looking back at it, I didn't recognize it at the time, but I, I, yeah. I would look back at it and like, you know, that was not a good client. And I was desperate. I, I look back at it. I didn't know it, like I said, but I'm looking back and I'm thinking I, I did that because I was probably desperate. Uh, well, yeah. It's, and it's I a think desperation of thinking maybe, maybe this, Maybe this is the last commission piece I'll ever get, you know, yeah. I don't know. You know, it's, I think a lot of people feel that way. Like you're just yeah. so happy that somebody wants you to create art for them or whatever, right. but you know, and I, and I think artists in general really need to, I mean, I guess we're not always known for being the most uh, like self-esteem heavy bunch, but like <laughs> at the same time, like, you know, as a group, I think we could collectively be a little bit more, um, 
confident in terms of yeah. when we're saying yes and no to projects. And, and right. often it isn't until people are sort of further into their careers that they have an easier time doing that. But, yeah. um, you know, for me, I, I do art to some extent somewhat part-time because I have a full-time job. And so for me to say no to something, it's not, it's not gonna, you know, it, every, everything that I make in terms of my, my art career is extra for me. It's like, I can yeah. still pay my bills without it. However, right, right. Um, you know, it's, it's also one of those things where, yeah, I mean, I get it. I've had the fear too, where it's like, okay, well, if I do want to do this as a career, like if, if, you know, if I'm, what if I'm charging too much, but if you're not charging enough, then you're not also making enough to cover your bills. And it's right. right. There's a balance there, but yeah. you also can't let yourself, um, be in a desperation phase where right, you just exactly. take whatever your way, because then you start establishing, it never feels good. First of all, like you never feel good afterwards. Like, you know, right. just, you always just feel like you did something cheap for money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you it's put up with something like, you didn't need to put up with, you know, maybe it's yeah. attitude or something or someone, someone pushing you around and say, no, do this, do that. You know? Yeah. But, and I think even just establishing that, that um, respect level right away. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I have in my contracts now with people as well, even, um, a section that has to do with like client and artist conduct. And it's yeah. not, it's not directed towards anyone specifically, but it's just something that it states, okay, this is, this is what I expect and what you can expect from me in terms uh-huh. of correspondence. So right. three to five business day window between proofs. Um, I will give you timelines on when I'm going to supply artwork to you or proofs to you. Yeah. And, you need to respond to me with either feedback or revisions within this time. And if you don't, then, there, you know, if it happens consistently, your project could be delayed. Like right. you have to, I feel like, you know, it, it may seem like kind of aggressive uh, boundaries to set in the beginning, but I mean, I, I don't feel that way necessarily. Usually when I'm doing stuff for people I know, but actually sometimes people, you know, can be the worst offenders. For exactly. That, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good to contracts can scare people sometimes, but at the same time, if somebody is going to be scared by a contract that sets very clear boundaries for both mm-hmm. of you, then mm-hmm. that's maybe not somebody you want as a client anyways. Right. I think. Exactly. No, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah. And, and just kind of to, to uh, wrap this up a little bit here, um, like Barb already said, and I just want to underscore it. You don't have to take commissions. And I don't know why I was ever even kind of worried in my mind that, um, you know, commissions might dry up or something. They all, they all but have dried up in 2020, to be honest. Um, and I'm okay with that. Uh, very, very much okay with that. There's some artists that, uh, that hate them and never would do them and haven't done them. There's some, like Barb said, started doing commissions and then transitioned into doing their own thing their own artwork. Uh, and there, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing, there's no, nothing out there uh, in the cosmos that says to be an artist, you have to do commissions. You know, I enjoy them. I love the response that I see um, that people have whenever they see the, the commission, they see their loved one um, recreated in an art form. I love that kind of thing. I like making people happy. I'm a people person. I like seeing that interaction and that kind of thing. But on the other hand, uh, sometimes it can be really frustrating too. So there's nothing that says you have to do this. It was never a big part of my business, even when I was 
Well, mostly when I was doing commissions, I was still working my, my corporate job during the day. So it wasn't something even then that I relied on. And quite, quite frankly, I don't know how people do that. That um, the, only, the only real big one, Barb, that I see right now is like the pet portraits that people do commissions with. I don't really see people, uh, or maybe they're out there and I just don't know about them, that are just doing uh, portrait work as an artist and that's their bread and butter. Um, and you know, I, I don't know, I, I certainly don't know any in colored pencil that are doing it, um, exclusively or nearly exclusively colored pencil people portraits. I don't, I don't know of any that are doing that. I think the, the biggest thing too, to kind of add on to that is that there's different ways to make your living as an artist and they don't yeah. always have to revolve around commissions. Like right. some people exclusively make their income with commissions and some people, I mean, there's some YouTube artists that exclusively probably make their income just from doing tutorials. So, I mean, yeah. that said, it, not everybody reaches that level of fame or, or you know. Or wants uh, to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a whole other thing. Talking about but, a ton of work, uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. But the thing is, um, I, I think, you know, when it comes to commissions, like, Exactly to your point. And you know, what we've been saying sort of throughout this is that you don't have to do it. And if it's going to come at the cost of your, your personal something about yourself, uh, yeah. you know, whether it's early or, or just even just how you feel about right, it. Like, right. I, just, I really think that you, it's okay to say no. And, yeah. um, you know, it's okay if you if you don't really know how to price your artwork, and you need time to figure that out. Like, right. you don't, to say yes to everything if you're in a position where you don't want to take commissions right now just have like that response i guess yeah like at the ready so that yeah. you know you don't have to get into this weird wishy-washy conversation <laughs> with like, i might and, maybe <laughs> you know, and and sorry i also wanted to just to say going back to the exposure comment where i do think exposure is relevant is if it is actually with a bigger company or something that potentially is actually going to do something for you. That said, take also take that with a grain of salt because usually larger companies do have some sort of budget to pay. So I mean, do that within reason (laughs) because. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that's a little different as well because uh, sometimes it is. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know, some celebrity, even then they have the money. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, a lot of times what it, what I found when, when, uh, you know, you're a new artist is it's some, it's more like something local, like, Oh, we will, yeah. we will feature you at the chamber of commerce meeting or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> or yeah. you will get, uh, whatever <laughs> at the historical society here in our little town, like but that's you can, not going to help me. Yeah, but you can also do too. And I have this agreement with one of my clients is you can set up a services trade. Like if you, if you have like, uh, um, but what I would do is have a document that actually outlines the terms of your service trade. And uh-huh. uh, like, for example, if, if I um, am doing graphic design work for somebody and I give them a thousand dollars worth of graphic design, right. then, they're giving me a thousand dollars worth of whatever service they provide back. Right, so whether right. it's getting my hair done or getting my nails done or something like there's some sort of like agreement in place yeah. where you're actually trading equal dollar value back sure. and forth. It's just lying. You, you know, you have a document where you track that. I wouldn't recommend that doing that necessarily. I do it with people that I know. 
that have a service that I want to train with. Them. Yeah, yeah. No, it totally so makes it, sense. If it comes down to that, you could do it that way. But right. um, really, yeah, it's really important to just always keep in mind what you feel your personal value is and whether mm-hmm. you've put a dollar value to that or not. Like when it comes to your work, just don't under undersell yourself, I guess. Right. Yeah, definitely. I had to laugh because you're saying, and I agree with this. Um, if you don't want to do commissions, you can always say no. You know, uh, there is yeah. that word. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it always reminds me of this uh, book, um, this children's book that we read to the girls when they were young called Owen. And uh, at the end of every little, you know, it's one of these children's books that it repeats itself. And um, he didn't want to give up his blanket. And so he thought he could take it to school. Even, you know, when he was turning five, he could take it to kindergarten. And uh, Mrs. Tweezers was a neighbor, a little nosy neighbor across the, across the fence there. And whatever happened, they would always say, oh, you know, the parents didn't know how to handle it. And um, they would say, Mrs. Tweezers filled them in. And so at this case, um, the next page or whatever says, uh, Mrs. Tweezers said, well, have you thought about telling him no? And it says that uh, Owen's parents hadn't. They hadn't thought of that. I think we get it in our mind. We have to say yes to all the things, you know, and you don't. You don't have to say yes. Yeah, there's there's so much talking information out there about like, this is how you do this and, you know, whatever. But like, there's no one really out there that I think is saying to people, you can say no. Like, yeah. it's, yeah. you don't even have to do them at all. Like, if you're not ready, yeah. you're not ready. And, and don't and you may let never be else. ready. And it's yeah, not like, something that makes you something that you're not it it doesn't mean that now you're an artist or not an artist if you do or don't take them i would also argue that i think some people should be saying no like i've i've <laughs> i've no like i mean that maybe that sounds harsh but like there are people that i know <laughs> i agree no, like i've seen people before say like oh i'm being commissioned and i'm like cool but like maybe you need some more time to get like and, right. and for reasons right like yeah it, I don't know. I mean, whatever, teach their own, but like at the same time, I I just think, you know, it's, and it's not that, you know, you have, you reach this magical level where you should be allowed to take commissions. It's just the fact (laughs) that it's like literally started doing art yesterday. Like maybe wait a beat. (laughs) You don't have to like jump into the full gamut of being an artist, you know, right. Right away it's 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 a lot and I think there's really something to be said about taking time to figure out your artistic style to develop your skill that again when you charge someone a certain amount you can come back with it and and have Mm -hmm. a confidence behind it like like I I'm confident about my skill level in my art and so you know I can I can sit there and justify why I'm I'm charging something and mm-hmm. to some people I'm probably still not charging enough, but I'm yeah. also at a, I'm charging at a level that I'm currently comfortable with right. and works for my customers. So yeah. um, you know, it's, those are all factors you have to take in into it. And sometimes yeah. that just comes with time. It comes with time and confidence to be yeah. able to get to that place. Absolutely. All right. Anything else, Barb? What do you think? I, I think, think we're, we've, I think we've, Hit all we've the, really, we've, we've done it. We've outdone ourselves. Hit okay. all the hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure if you're listening, you may have thought of something that we forgot to say, or you're thinking, why didn't they mention this? So if you want to comment, you can do that over there in the show notes, sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. 
And uh, I appreciate you listening. And it means a lot to me if you enjoy the show and you've not ever left a rating or review, I appreciate it if you would consider doing that. You can do that over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the podcast. This is a weekly show. comes out every Monday at 3 a.m. And I'll talk to you next week. Until then, stay sharp. That sounded like I was bored out of my mind. So until then, stay sharp. <laughs> it sounded like I was wanting to go to sleep. Stay sharp. <laughs> stay sharp. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.